Hi, this is Russ Streiner. Uh, I played the character of Johnny in Night of the Living Dead, the 1968 version. Um, I don't know why you're listening to Throbbing with Horror, but that, that's your business. Fiends and horror hounds, this is Brett from Dimension Z, joined as I am every week by Greg of the Dead. How are you doing, man? Good, how you doing? Not bad. The first take two ever. Yeah, we've never had to take two the intro before. Oh, except for when I did the plan nine, when I did that big oh, That didn't intro. count. That wasn't a regular intro. That doesn't count. But I was like, fuck, I flubbed a word. And you're like, do you want to do a take two? And I'm like, this is a first. <laughs> <laughs> how are you doing? Uh, I'm good. I'm not too bad at all. Um, well, happy late birthday. <laughs> oh, yeah, thank you. 29 now. Well, it's a, it's actually like probably two weeks later by the time this episode comes out, but it just happened when we recorded. <laughs> no, we're recording week of, so it won't be that long ago. Yeah, about a week. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, my birthday was the 12th, so we had a cool Friday the 13th. We'll talk about more at the end of the episode, but... We went to the Living Dead Museum and a Comic-Con that was pretty much Horror-Con this time, so it was a good time. Yeah, exactly. But this week, uh, the movie is Pet Cemetery from 1989, uh, directed by Mary Lambert, and it was written by Stephen King. And he actually wrote the screenplay this time, yeah, not just the book. He did the yeah. screenplay for this one. Which, watching it makes total sense, because when, like, Lewis Creed, like, wackily falls out of bed, and he's like, whoa, and bonks his head on the nightstand, and that's how he wakes up, I'm like, this seems like Stephen King. For sure. It's funny, though, that there's so many changes made. Like, that's an odd thing. Not a ton, but enough that I'm like, well, that's weird now I think about Stephen King doing both. Yeah, I have not read this book. I just finished reading it not too long ago, so it worked out perfectly, like... Two weeks ago, I finished reading it. Well, real quick, not to, like, judge the movie and the book, like, together, because, of course, whatnot. But how was the book? I liked the book a lot. Um, The thing is, the book took a little longer to get to some of the creepier stuff. Well, no, not the creepier stuff, but the big creepy stuff. So it was, but it was entertaining enough that I didn't mind it. But definitely, I read Carrie just a little bit before I read um, Pet Cemetery, And Carrie's got crazy shit going on the whole time, pretty much feel like Pet Cemetery was different in that aspect, but I still enjoyed reading it. Now, was it one of those Stephen King books that's a thousand pages long, or was it like 200? No, this was right in the middle. I think this one was a little under 400. I'm on Christine right now, though, which is right under a thousand. Yeah, I tried reading, I think I've said it before, I tried reading it, and I got 300 pages in, and I'm like, we're just kind of getting into stuff now, and I have 700 pages at least, if not more, in front of me. Like, I don't feel like this right now. Yeah, I no judgments at all. But uh, have you seen this movie before? You have it, right? Oh, yeah, I have it on DVD. This is, uh, strangely, a movie I kind of quasi-grew like grew up on. Like, I think I started watching it in middle school. Yeah? And then, you know, off and on, like, I'll probably watch it about once a year, every year. That makes sense. It's a good one. I can see that. Yeah. I, this is one I... In a similar boat, 
Because my dad likes Stephen King, so I'd see this when he'd watch it. I never actually sat down to watch this movie, but I've seen the whole thing. Like, I knew about you don't want to go down that road and uh, and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, like, I've seen it enough, you know. Uh, immediately when Fred Gwynn comes on screen and he's like, Hello, you probably don't want your kitty cat to go on that road. You know, like, it's like, oh, man, I love this movie. Like, his character, the, the character choices in this movie are so amazing. Yeah, he's making some choices acting in this role, and I love it. He is a shining highlight of this movie. Which I don't know, like, real quick, I want to also bring up the remake that just came out in, like, I think 2019 or something. It was right before the pandemic, I think. Yeah, Um, it was 2019. Did you see that? No, I did not. I have it. I got it in a Walmart bin. I just haven't watched it yet. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I just don't want to say a whole lot because I just want to mention it right now so I don't feel like I have to later and I keep doing it. Like, it's definitely lacking the charm that this movie is. Like, this movie has, like, odd character choices, but it really works and it makes it feel like a real world. That movie, they would just, like, they keep carrying everyone to the cemetery, like, for no reason. I guess to make more bodies, but they feel, it makes it feel like it's effortless, you know? I don't know, but I, I, I'm going to watch it one day, but you're probably right. It's worth a watch because there are, is some interesting stuff in it, of course, like any kind of movie. But it's nowhere near like this, which yeah. it, I don't think it could ever be. <laughs> no, this, this is a really fun movie. Um, start, you want to jump into it? Yeah, you go ahead. Yeah, it starts, we get our opening credits over the cemetery and headstones, and it's a little bit of children narration, and then... Cuts right to the whole Creed family. That's Rachel Lewis and their two children, Ellie, the older daughter, and Gage, the very young son, moving into their new house. Which, this is, uh, uh, Rachel is played by uh, Denise Crosby, who started her career on Star Trek Next Generation on the very first season. She was, like, the medical person, I believe. Um, Oh, okay. This is going to mean nothing to you, Greg, I'm sorry. (laughs) But this is like when you go on about wrestling. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then in the second season, after Denise Crosby left, we got this really shitty old lady, and I hated her. Did she leave to make this movie? Well, she left to be a movie star. She's like, fuck oh, okay. Star Trek. I'm done with you. I'm going to go and be in movies. And the only thing I can ever remember her in other than Star Trek is this. Oh, okay. So it didn't work out too well. I love her in Star Trek, and I love her in this. So it's like, do and then later, like she came back in later seasons as like another character. Oh, okay. But uh, a fun fact as well: uh, her c- character in Next Generation got fucked by the robot. Oh, is the robot Data? Data? Yeah, Data. Yeah, there was this okay. weird like alien virus in the ship that made everyone drunk, and it made those two fuck each other. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, that's this girl. <laughs> <laughs> this whole movie is cool how they play with like the whole area is kind of cursed and always being messed with by this burial ground. And it starts right away because Ellie jumps on a tire swing and it breaks and she falls right away. And Gage, the young boy, starts wandering into the road and is about to be hit by a truck, but saved by Herman Munster himself, Judd. Yeah, it's so cool that Herman himself is in this movie. And the fact that, like, this is terrifying about children is they're just like, oh, look, danger. Let's run towards it. You know, like, hopefully there's an old man that has a cool voice coming to, to save me. <laughs> I don't, you don't want to go down that road. Yeah, children playing no. on the road. Lots of trucks come down. 
would you like a Budweiser? <laughs> um, but yeah, he introduced himself. He's the neighbor. And Lewis is looking at the path. He's like, where's that go? And he's like, I'll show you that some other time. <laughs> we also forgot they have a cat, Church. Cat's pretty important, I'd say. Yeah, Winston Churchill, they call him Church, which, like, Gage, which I have to, you mentioned Gage before, let me see here real quick, played by Miko or Miko Hughes, I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name, but you are an awesome child actor, because you're creepy and you're actually really good. Yeah, and he's also kind of really innocent at the beginning as good at that switch when that switch comes into play. Yeah, a kid actor can easily ruin a movie, which has happened many, many times. Look at, like, the remake of War of the Worlds. I side with Giddem that Dakota Fanning ruined that movie because it was just nothing but screaming. Oh, 100%. They can also make it. Look at The Omen. Exactly. Uh, and this movie. where How old was he in this movie? He must have been, like... Two or three or something? Yeah, he's got to be super young. But he does it extremely well. He's creepy, but also, like you said, like good at the innocent shit. Yeah, because it's cute with a church when he just sees the cat yeah. in the back of the car. It's just like random shit like that. Like, I wonder how much they just had the camera running on him. So, like, whenever he said random stuff like that, they're like, okay, that's genuine. Yeah, they just tell him the cat's name is church. They never say that's the actor cat. Yeah. So, that night... This must be old time because I've ne- I've lived by my neighbors so long, I still don't think I've ever done this, but Lewis is at Judd's house and having a beer on his porch, which is kind of their ritual. Well, Judd is also, like, very old-timey, where he, like, he likes his cigarettes, and he likes his Budweiser bottles, and his slippers, and he just, he's always in overalls. <laughs> oh, the whole time overalls. That's it, and so the next day, he takes the... Creed family to the pet cemetery for the first time. Yeah, because he, well, they immediately, they meet Judd, who's like, hi, I'm your new neighbor, I just saved your son. Um, Let me tell you about death. Oh, yeah, these children that probably have no idea about it yet. No, the one kid is like two, the other one's like, what do you think, like eight or nine, maybe? Like, Max, Max, yeah. Yeah, but they take him to this pet cemetery, and they she. I love she runs up. She's like, "Look, this one's a fishy," and she's like, "Yeah, well, come over here. Let me show you my dead dog." She. <laughs> yeah, that died in nineteen twenty-four. Yeah, how old is this dude? Well, I mean, I guess this oh. was what the uh, late eighties. So. Yeah, still pretty fucking ancient. That night, obviously, the conversation did a number on Ellie because she's crying, asking about when Church will die. I do love the line. Like, I don't want him to go back to God. That's my cat. Tell God to get his own. Yeah, like, God, it's like, fuck you. Like, go make your own cat. You made everything. Make your own cat. This one's mine. Yeah. I also have to say, until recently, like, I never really liked cats. So I never really got, like, the sentimental part of that, like, that part of the movie. Because, like, I never had a cat that I loved until, like, recently when I got Baron Von Kitty, the cat from Dimension Z. And now when I watch this movie, like, this is the first time I've watched it since I got him. And I'm like, oh, the poor kitty. Like, that's the first time I had that reaction. <laughs> yeah, because I'm the same way. I've always been more of a dog person, but I do have a cat who I've had for 11 years. And I love that cat. Like, and I don't dislike cats, but, like, I've always been drawn more to dogs. But, no, I get it. I'm like, I'd be very sad if anything ever happened to this cat. Yeah. 
And then the next morning, they decide they're going to get church fixed so he doesn't wander around as much. I love Ellie. I don't want church to get his nuts cut, Daddy. Yeah, and it's like, who told you that? And I forget what the, um, like, uh, nanny or maid's name is, but they're like, oh, so-and-so said it. And they're like, oh, that's great. It's Missy. I think she's just the laundry lady. Maybe yeah. they don't have a washing machine? I don't know. Oh, yeah, and also, I love that scene coming up with her. Where it's just, like, this weird little side thing of just, like, this town is so sad. Oh, yeah. Um, here's the thing. That's a created character. I won't do this a lot, I promise. This is the biggest example, though, where I will do it. She's completely created for this movie. Oh, really? Yeah, because in the book, because you need that scene about um, Rachel not going to the funeral because she's afraid of death because of her sister and everything. Yeah. In the book, Judd has a wife, and she dies. Oh, okay. So, like... I'm surprised it seems an odd choice to change and even more odd now that I think about how Stephen King wrote both. You know who would have been a good uh, wife for uh, Fred Gwynn to go along with like the same time period is Mrs. Howe, whoever played her from Gilligan's Island. Can you imagine those two together? That would have been so funny. Oh, I thought you were going to go the Munsters route, but that would have been a really good pull. Yeah, just like two people from like the 60s. Yeah, that would have been a nice pool. That would have been good. The only reason I think of that cause I, is because uh, M, uh, MeTV has been playing Gilligan's Island a lot in the mornings. So that's what I do. Oh, I love Gilligan. I always love that show. But yeah, uh, she learned the phrase from Missy, the laundry lady, maid, whatever she is. So Louis is starting his first day as the college doctor. Should be an easy job. And his very first day, a guy's hit by a car at college. And his name is Vis- Victor Pascal. Which I have to say, he's probably my favorite character of the movie. Because of his later scenes with him and Denise Crosby. I do love those scenes, but I can't give that to anyone except for Judd. And Gage at the end looking dapper as fuck with his top hat. Oh, yeah. are my, my two favorites. <laughs> it's so hard to pick one because you're right. Because I forgot about Judd for a minute when you said about Victor. And I thought about him like... I love that scene later on. We're going to probably talk about it again. But when she's sitting on the plane and he's just sitting behind her, just smiling. Oh, yeah. So many little moments like that. Yeah, but he's dying. And as he's dying and Lewis is trying to save him, he does the whole, the soil of a man's heart is stonier, Lewis, and then dies. How did you know my name? Yeah, and he just stares at him. And it's also really great makeup effects, too, because his like brain is exposed and shit. Oh, it's really good. I like it a lot. And so that night, Lewis is sleeping, and that same guy who just died, Pascal, shows up at his house, what appears to be a nightmare or vision, and he follows him, and Lewis goes, I don't like this dream. And this is the creepiest thing to say in this situation. He goes, who said you were dreaming? That is a good chilling line, I have to admit. Oh, yeah, that, and then paired with the fact that later on, he wakes up in bed with, like, muddy feet, and he's like, holy shit, it was real, you know? Oh, yeah. Because he takes him to the pet cemetery, and they point at, like, the down trees and, like, basically barrier of wood wall that's there. It's like, do not go past that and everything, you know, all that stuff. Uh, what is it? Do not go onto the place where the dead walk. That's the phrase. I do not know why everyone keeps pointing out to the Creed family, and especially him, do not go there. You know this place you don't know about, like, and it's just, like, a creepy path, and it leads to, like, a pet cemetery? If you hike, like, what seems like five miles into the forest, there's this, like, ritual, like, burial ground 
that you can bury things in and things come back to life. Don't go there. Things you would never know on your own. No, like they hike so far into the woods. It's insane. Well, I think they kind of do set it up like that's part of the curse, though, is you spread it after you've used it. You teach someone else. Oh, okay. And I wonder how much of it is Judd is uh, really bored. So he's like, I want to just like sit on my porch and drink and watch this uh, chaos go on across the street. (laughs) Yeah, let's see what happens. Yeah, like, oh, well, I got a six pack of Budweiser, see, and I got my cigarettes and. I'm just going to uh, make sure the uh, Creed kid dies. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like you said, uh, Lewis wakes up that night with like the leaves and the mud all over his feet, which is even creepier. And that's pretty much it. That's all that happens with that, right? Yeah, basically. We establish here that Lewis does not get along with his in-laws and because his wife and kids are going to Rachel's parents for Thanksgiving without him. And we don't know until we meet him later like at the funeral but man they do not like each other at all oh no to a major like where they do wwe shit at the funeral oh yeah they do a table match with the kids casket (laughs) i can tell you don't watch wrestling because there's literally a match called a casket match Brett. you you missed it you walked right up to it and took a left i was so excited for a second I did a ref or WWE reference. I know some stuff. I did tables. They did a tables match with a casket. It's just a casket match, Brett. Oh. But do they slam them through the casket or they try to you put to, them inside the casket? You had to put them in the casket. Oh, well, that's not as fun as slamming them through a table. <laughs> but yeah, so they go without them. And while that's there, the next day, Judd calls them and is like, Hey, Lewis. <laughs> Can't do the voice. I'll annoy the listeners too bad if I do the voice every fucking time. He tells him his cat said. Well, he's like, oh, I think I found your cat. I can't even do it anymore. Like, I was doing it perfect <laughs> while watching the movie. I gotta hear the voice to do it. Yeah, but he calls me like, I think your cat's over here dead. And they go over there and the cat, they make sure to show you, no, this cat is dead. Like, it's not a, the cat's out a little bit and then just comes back because he peels the frozen cat off the ground oh yeah it's frozen to the ground and you hear it peeling so where do you think they're going because judd takes them to the cemetery and past the barrier and everything was this before or after judd has told the story about his dog that came back this is before because he doesn't tell the story about the dog until after lewis asks because lewis doesn't seem to know why they're doing this No, which is insane on his part, that he's following this old man that he just met so far into the woods. I think part of it would be like, look, I'm not going to stop. This guy's ancient, and he's going up this crazy mountain. I can do it. If I complain, I'm going to feel bad. Which also, like, the the amount of walking they do, and they keep doing the same thing of like, are we there yet? It's like, just a little further. Yeah, the entire time. And so they're going up there and everything. And they hear a scary noise, and Judd blames it on the loons. This might be a dumb question, Brett. What's a loon? It's some kind of bird. Okay, that makes more sense. I thought they meant a crazy person. Oh, like there's a lunatic out there? Exactly, I thought they were shortening lunatic. And I'm like, why are they so calm? Oh, it's probably just the loons. Like, there's a bunch of crazies running around the woods, and you're fine with this? Yeah, that makes way more sense, okay. Yeah, there's just a crazy man over there that screams, it's okay. 
Yeah, oh, just the loons. Well, I'm pretty sure, because they kind of allude to, like, in the new movie, that that's, like, skinwalkers. Oh, okay. It's like a cryptid kind of thing. Not just lunatics? No. Well, it's also, oh, like, feeds into, like, the Native American thing, where it goes off with, like, the burial ground as well. Like, that's a Native American, um, like, uh, cryptid. Yeah. Uh, and then they find the Micmac burial ground, which looks cool. I love the design of it. Oh yeah, it's really cool looking, and, and those like weird stones they have to climb up to get there. Oh yeah, it Judd's always a few steps ahead of him, which is just hilarious. But um, he explains you're gonna bury your cat here. He doesn't really tell them him why, but they do. And I love this montage of Lewis working, sweating after he's already done this, carried a dead cat up this crazy mountain. And Judd just chain smokes while he digs the entire time. Oh yeah, it's I, it's not disrespectful at all that you're just leaving a pile of cigarette butts in this like sacred ground. Oh yeah, not at all. And I love because they show him lighting a bunch of times, so it's not like the same cigarette. And like the daylight is changing. He just like goes through an entire pack while poor Lewis is digging. Like God, and now he has to walk how many miles back home? How is he breathing? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then at the end he says, um, when you when you get back and you talk to them, not one word about what we did tonight. And then he gives the same line that Pascal gave earlier about, like, it'll upset them. The was the soil of a man's heart is stonier, Lewis, and that's kind of a red flag. Yeah, then he kind of starts putting two and two together of, like, this town, I moved into the creepiest town in America. Pretty much, yeah. Um... Lewis calls his family when they're home, but he doesn't tell them. He says church is fine. Um, the guy who plays Lewis, I gotta admit, everyone in this movie is pretty good actors. I don't know if he's... I'm not saying he's bad. I can never tell if he's a good actor or not the entire movie. Well, because sometimes he, like, gives off, like, extremely, uh, what do I want to say? Like, sincere dialogue. Other times, he's like Nicolas Cage chewing the scenery. Yeah, and I think he's supposed to, because he's lying at times. I think he's acting as a bad liar at sometimes and everything. But it's, he's making some choices, too. Yeah. Yes, your kitty cat is fine. No, I can't put oh, him yeah, on the honey. phone. He's sleeping. <laughs> and so the next day, obviously, if you guys have seen this movie or have a vague knowledge of this movie, Church is back. Scares Lewis and scratches his face, and Judd gives the backstory. That's pretty much that. I have to real quick say also, I love how, like, Lewis, right before that scene, is, like, raking the leaves in his yard, and he immediately just, like, gives up, and he's like, oh, fuck this, I'm gonna go inside. Yeah, you know what? I'll admit, I'm a homeowner, I have never raked leaves since I've had a house, Brett. You know what I do? I mow the grass and chop them up and spray them all over the place. Exactly, that's what I do, and I ha even hate mowing the grass. Like, if I could just cover, like, my entire yard in, like, uh, asphalt or something like that so I would never have to, like, mow again, I'd be fine with that. What do you even do after you rake the leaves? Are you supposed to, like, what do you do with it? You just you make, make piles a, of it? You make a pile in, like, the corner that, like, bees move into. Oh, okay. Well, cool, save the bees. All right, I gotcha. Mm. Yeah, I'm still scared of bees, though. You are real bad with bees, I forgot. Yeah, I know you're supposed to like be like, save the bees and whatnot, and I get it. Like They're really important to our ecosystem, but they scare me. <laughs> well, they sting. Yeah, exactly, for no reason. The other day, me and Liz are coming out of the supermarket, 
And there's just a, she's like, there's a bee following you. And I'm like, I did nothing to you. Why are you being aggressive, man? It just mistook you for a flower. I thought you looked pretty. Yeah. So we get the whole backstory and everything, and you get the flashback to young Judd, which I enjoyed. Um, but at the end of that, he says, no human's ever been buried there. And the lie detector determined that was a fucking lie, as we'll find out. Oh, yeah, because Lewis asks the question, and Judd immediately knocks over, like, five beer bottles. And he's like, oh, no, no, that's never happened before. Don't even think that. Oh, Why would he say such a thing? It yeah. seems like a pretty obvious question to ask. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, you've never thought of that before? Like, you're obviously lying. Yeah. I do like this next thing. It's where uh, Lewis is in the bathtub. A church just throws a fucking dead rat in the tub with them. Oh, yeah, because it goes on for, like, a beat where, like, he's, like, getting in the bathtub and he's, like, laying a cloth over his face and he kind of sighs where he's like, okay, I'm going to relax for a moment. No, fuck you. Church ruins it immediately. <laughs> oh, could you imagine your reaction if, like, there's just a plop and a splash and there's just a bloody rat in the tub? <laughs> Which a normal cat would fucking do that. I don't know. I don't think they'd throw them in the tub with you. Well, they, it would bring it to you, and if you just so happened to be in the tub. I guess so. So we're not really sure Church is evil yet. Well, you, our cats drag our, like, underwear and t-shirts around the, our house. Oh, mine don't do that. That's strange. Yeah, we don't know. They do it at night when we're asleep. We don't know why. <laughs> After that, the, the family comes home, Rachel and the kids, and Ellie says she had a bad dream that Church died, and, but he didn't. I mean, he did, but you know. Missy, our laundry lady maid, thank God this is the end of her, so we don't have to keep saying we don't know what she is. She hangs herself because she mentioned she, she had stomach problems earlier and her note said, I know I have cancer. This is all I can do or something like that. Yeah, where and her like her hanging scene is pretty like it's shot really cool. And it's a cool scene where she like gets up on the table. Is she at her own house or at the Creed's house? I think she's at her own house. She's not like a live in butler or anything. Okay. Well, I didn't know if she was there, like... to get the laundry the one day and everything. I was wondering if she was, like, there to get laundry, and she's like, oh, fuck it, I'm just gonna do it here, fuck them. <laughs> no, I don't think so. They seem like they had a good relationship. Yeah, good enough, yeah. It's the little bit that they know, it's like, I know you for, like, two weeks, I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next, we cut to her funeral, and who's the pastor here, Brett? Stephen King. I love Stephen King. Uh, late 80s mullet wearing Stephen King being the pastor at this funeral. Oh, yeah. 80s Stephen King is my favorite Stephen version of him. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he's hamming it up up there, too. He's got his arms outstretched, the wind's blowing his robes and everything. He's having the time of his life. Oh, he's excited to be in a movie. He didn't really cameo in all of them, did he? No, he didn't start that until a little bit later. And I, don't I, mean, I know he did here and there, but not not like Stan Lee levels or anything. No, he doesn't do every single one. No. Which he should. What the fuck else is he doing? Writing 50 well, books at a time, I know, but... I, I think he kind of does now. Did he cameo in Doctor Sleep? I can't remember. I don't know. I can't remember if he did or not. He might have. I know he did in uh, It Chapter 2. Yeah, you're right. But that movie was meh. Yeah, we'll do it one day. No, I'm not in a rush. No, it, that, that's like throbbing with horror year eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, at home, uh, Ellie's asking about the afterlife and everything. And then Rachel's talking to Lewis and we she didn't go to the funeral because she's weird with death. And she gives the whole backstory about her sister, Zelda. 
the this is terrifying. Her sister is the scariest part in this fucking movie. Yeah, she's really weird. Which little fun fact, which you probably know, Greg, Zelda was played by a man. I do know that, yeah. I think because Zelda was supposed to be hideous and they couldn't bring themselves to cast a girl as, hey, you're supposed to be ugly and scary. Well, and they're also covered in so much makeup. It's the same way that, um, what's his name? The uh, Raimi uh, brother played Henrietta in Evil Dead 2. Ted, right? Yeah, Ted Raimi. Like, you know, yeah. it, you're covered in so much makeup, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, true. But yeah, so the makeup is like, she's very sick and Ill, like her back's all twisted in knots and everything. And they do a really cool effect for that. Like the prosthetics they use and everything. Which I count as body horror because she looks like gnarled. Like, oh, it's so over exaggerated. It is body horror. Yeah. Yeah. Body horror isn't just like big oozing like things or like things growing out of people. It can also just be your body just like shriveling in on yourself. Like, any kind of weird body thing can be body horror. Yeah. Uh, next, we cut to this trucker guy from the company that drives their road all the time, way too fast, uh, driving, like getting ready to take off, and then he's driving to Sheena as a punk rocker. Made me very happy. Also, because the Ramones are mentioned so many times in the book, I'm glad they showed up twice in the movie. And I, until this moment, I completely forgot, like, oh, fuck, that's right. The Ramones have the Pet Cemetery song. Yeah. Which is one of the first Ramon songs I remember, like, really loving, other than, of course, like, Blitzkrieg Bop. Well, everyone knows Blitzkrieg Bop, and then most people know I want to be sedated, and whether they go further or not determines the outcome of that person's life. Right. And I went to, like, oh, I love Audios Amigos, you know? <laughs> exactly. The Creed family and Judd, he is just now their adoptive grandfather, pretty much, or having a picnic together and flying a kite. I actually do like the family and judge relationship, even though I said that as a joke, that he pretty much is like the adoptive grandfather of the family. Well, it seems really nice for this old man because, because he even mentions when they first move in, it's like, Oh, it's real nice to see someone moving to that house, you know, like, and it seems like he's just a really lonely old man that he's just like, Oh, I'm so glad I have friends now. Yeah. It doesn't seem like he has a TV either. That's ever like, he just sits on his porch at night. Yeah, he just sits on his porch and smokes cigarettes and drinks beer. Yeah. Um, but that's it's They're having a grand old time. They're flying a kite. Gage is way too stoked about this kite, for one, to be honest. Yeah, and the sister keeps, like, yelling, like, Oh, he fucked it up! Or whatever she says. Like, I forget. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, that dumb shit it. dropped it. It's like something <laughs> like that. It was really fun. <laughs> And no one, like, yells at her. They all just laugh. <laughs> like, this girl, I think she's in, like, kindergarten or something. Yeah, she's just, everyone's just like, it's just fucking funny. And at this point, yeah. everyone's turned around laughing that the, like, little kid is cussing. And Gage is fucking fixated on this goddamn road. And he's just running well, no, the, towards the it. kite blows away. And uh, the little wheelie thing is dragging behind it. Yeah, but it, this is the second time in this movie that he's running towards the road that the ginormous trucks that go 100 miles an hour go down. Yeah, and it's not even a road. It's not even like a straight shot road. It's a curvy road. Like, they come out of a curve and then fly past. How are they going so fast? I almost expect, like, the guys from that were driving the uh, 18-wheeler and Toxic Avenger doing all that coke, they would be driving this road. Yep, I'll allow it. Like they'd be like, 
Oh, we got some top dollar toot. Let's pull over <laughs> at the Creed house. If, if you guys didn't listen to last week, you won't get that. I'm very happy for that callback reference. Thank you. Oh, that's fun. That's like the one line of that movie. <laughs> but yeah, so that happens. Uh, Gage runs out. What do you think happens next? Yeah, he gets hit by the truck. Which, and this, like, the no from the dad reminds me of the no from Darth Vader from episode three. No, the, no! Yeah, that because it, when it, it's in slow motion, and anytime anything is in slow motion, it's a little bit funny. And oh, it, yeah. It starts out, and he's like, no! And it's a devastating scene because his son just got like struck by a truck and is dead now. Oh, like, it is! It's a well done scene too because you just see like the the sneaker roll away after it and everything. Yeah, and the like trucks tipped over and whatnot, and then you get the no, and it's a little bit funny, and then you remember a child just died. <laughs> yeah, the the no almost kills the mood of the scene. Like it's real down, and I'm with you. It's almost a little cheesy there. That and then it starts doing like the flashes, of, which I think is a kind of a cool scene of like all the Polaroids of like Gage throughout the years, like growing up. Oh yeah, because that's what a lot of people do. They find all the pictures because sometimes they'll be like a board at the funeral and stuff, you know. And then does it is the does it cut to um they're back at the Creed house with Judd again? No, it cuts to the funeral after that because that's oh. where we get our. As you said, a table match with a casket instead of a casket match. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lewis's dad comes up and just says, "Like I knew you'd bring her nothing but trouble." Not Lewis's dad, Rachel's dad, and fucking punches Lewis, and they start brawling at this funeral. And there's that super like messed up scene where they bump into the casket, it falls, and you see little bits of Gage in there. Yeah, like Gage gets like jostled in the casket, and the like lid opens a little bit, and you see his little hand. And the dad, like, starts screaming and again. He's like, no, no! And then he kind of gets yelled at where he's like, get it, get it together, man. This is your child's funeral. He's like, I just got sucker, sucker punched by my father-in-law. And like, kicked when he's down. He's just yeah. going to town kicking him like he's having a grand old time. He's been waiting to have a chance to do this. <laughs> but that whole thing... Uh, Ellie asked if God could take it all back. You know, kids dealing with grief. That's always a fun thing to talk about. Um, and then Church hisses real loud. And I only mention this because Church scared my cat at this part in the movie when we were watching it. Oh, really? Yeah, the Church did the real loud hiss and yell. And then my cat jumped and looked at the TV, I remember. Oh, poor kitty. <laughs> yeah, I felt I felt bad. Like, you're bad kid. You're like yelling at the, you're yelling at the TV. You're like, bad Church. Yeah. Well, no, she just looked up real big and, like, you know, big-eyed and everything. Well, it's like that scene, um, like, earlier when they were going to go get church fixed, and he's in that, like, carrying case, and Gage, like, full-on, like, throws an entire biscuit at, like, the t- container, and, like, church is like, wow! Yeah. <laughs> I always thought that was funny. It was just, he, then he's like, church! <laughs> I like how he just says church all the time. Yeah. Um, Judd makes the obvious conclusion. He comes over and warns Lewis about what Lewis is obviously going to do. Yeah, he's like, uh, don't bury your kid there. Remember when you asked me if anyone had ever buried a human in that place that brought your cat back? And I said, no. And now your son's dead. Yeah, I lied. You want to go for a walk? <laughs> That's basically it. Like he tells a story 
And like we're going to the story because it's a cool story. But then yeah. like he tells a story about like yeah this worked and this happened, but yeah don't do that bad. Now I'm gonna leave yeah. you alone now. What is the story like? Uh, it was a guy who died in the war whose dad brought him back and everything. And yeah. pe- why did they go to put? Cause, and then Judd and his friends went to go finish the job, like put him down for good. Why did they do it? Was he doing something bad? I don't remember. I, I think they were either A, just scared of him because they knew he was like dead and he was brought back. Or B, I wonder if he's been like causing havoc around the town. I also love the little fact that Judd drove everybody to the house to murder the people. Well, just the, the person who's already dead. Well, yeah. Well, and they end up killing the dad as well. Yeah, you're right. And then we also get the other great tagline, sometimes dead is better. Yeah, sometimes dead is better. <laughs> there you go. You found it again. You got to do it too. Sometimes. I, I can't do it on... Now, I'll do it later some point. Sometimes uh, yeah, dead say, is it's, better. It's the line of the movie. It's what South Park based like half an episode on. Like that episode <laughs> is so funny. Um, the family is going to Chicago... Um, not Lewis, because he has to stay back and take care of some things, he says. The father-in-law attempts an apology to Lewis. I don't think Lewis shakes the hand, does he? I think he kind of lets it go. Well, he, like, semi-shakes it, but it's like a like a little bit of a shake. Like, the father-in-law seems like one of those, like, manly men where you shake your hand firm, you know? And he does, like, a little dainty shake just to, like, fuck with him, because the father-in-law, like, gives him a look. I feel like Lewis shook his hand just so they didn't have another brouhaha on the airport, and he gets his ass kicked by the old man again. He'd start kicking him in front of all these people. Yeah. No! No! <laughs> As the father-in-law skipping around him, taking little kicks. The father-in-law runs over to a table and, like, grabs one of those folding chairs and, like, <laughs> finds some barbed wire somehow and wraps it around it. By God, he killed him! His father-in-law's McFoley. Hell Yeah. <laughs> But so they go, and Lewis stays behind, and is it on the plane? No, it's after they land. Ellie had a bad dream about Gage, Lewis, and a Pax cow. She doesn't know what that is, though, and neither does Rachel. Right. Which we know is Pascal, the guy from earlier. And where are we at here? Oh, Lewis goes grave robbing. Yeah, where it's a really weird... Also, I want to real quick mention, like, okay, he goes grave robbing, he's digging up his kid. I want to, um... Like, I, I appreciate that they made the depth of the grave, the actual depth. They didn't make it, like, two feet. Yeah, for sure. And they have, like, that, what's it called, that seal over the casket, too. It's not just the casket under the ground. Yeah, they actually made it realistic. Like, I just watched Jason Rising, and I love that fan film. But they make the casket, like, it's actually, like, two inches under the ground. Well, it's a lower budget. They couldn't afford to dig that far. Yeah, that's the only, like, little criticism I really have. Also, I also love when the police are driving through the cemetery, and they're looking, I guess, for grave robbers or just people in the cemetery, and they scan by an obviously dug-up grave, and they're just like, meh, I don't see any people, and they just keep driving. They probably don't know, like, well, someone's probably getting buried here tomorrow. Yeah, Maybe. And then you get this weird, like, I don't know, it's really sad and weird where, like, the dad's cuddling with Gage. Oh, I won't lie, that scene, I I don't like that one, it's too sad for me. Yeah, where, like, this movie, like, this movie is all over the place, where, like, you're laughing at certain scenes, and then, like, scenes like this, you're just like, 
I'm just sad now. Like, this poor guy. <laughs> yeah, which is why I think I like it a lot. It covers, like, all the emotions I want to feel watching these movies. It also reminded me a little of Ed Gein. How so? Oh, the digging up and everything? Yeah, yeah the digging I gotcha. up of the body and, like, the cuddling of the body and whatnot. Yeah, I gotcha. That makes sense. Ellie wakes up with a warning from Pax Cow again, and Rachel finally figures out what Pax Cow means, calls home, and no, there's no answer, obviously. And then she calls Judd, and Judd's always like, oh, fuck. Well, I also love how, like, Pascal can, like, whisper, like, little hints to them, and they are like, Pascal? And he's like, Pascal. He's like, Pascal. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. He's a cool character here. Like, Ghost Pascal is really neat. And I like his, like, his drive in the movie is like, Lewis tried to help me when he knew I was already dead. I'm going to help this guy out. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, he has a, a noble cause, I guess you could say. Right, yeah. So Rachel decides she's going home. She leaves Ellie with her parents. and Because this is beat back and forth between Rachel and this. Should we just cover Rachel's whole, whole journey, then we'll go back? Yeah, sounds good. Okay, so there's that whole thing. Like She gets a... She has to take some connecting flights and stuff. She makes one, right? Yeah, because you see Pascal sitting behind her. And that's just great. I love that very much. One of my favorite scenes of the entire movie where she, like, gets on the plane and she's finally made it. She had to, like, run through the terminal to, like, make her plane. And she's sitting there and she's like, I'm here. And then it cuts to, like, a shot behind her. And Pascal's just in, like, a couple rows behind her, just sitting there, just, like, all smiley. He's like, I'm helping. Like, yeah, it looks like he's having the time of his life. I mean, I guess death, but you get what I mean. He looks so happy. Like, he's having a great time. Yeah, he's like really proud of himself. I'm like, I'm doing very well. And when she's on the plane, she has a nightmare about Zelda again, her sister. It's like, Gage and I will get you, which is, again, very scary. Isn't there some kind of legend about her? Oh, there is a legend of Zelda, yes. I don't know that I don't know the game. <laughs> yeah, what, what you just did there was Indiana Jones, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I know. I started Indiana Jones. And I was like, that's not it. <laughs> like, I, then I realized, like, I only know the name, and the guy is Link. <laughs> <laughs> At least you got that. That's all. Smash Yep, he does smash lots of pots. He has an ocarina. <laughs> Very good. You know, look at me knowing video games. Hey, I'm proud of you. But yeah, so she has that nightmare, and then she misses her connecting flight by a hair, pretty much. Like, it just takes off when she gets there, and so she gets a rental car, and... Yeah, this is... You start getting the feeling, like, somehow... Like, I don't know what you want to call it. I'm just going to call it the Pet cemetery. Starts, okay. like, the evil spirits, like, try to start stopping her from getting home, it seems. Yeah, like, they want more, and she's going to prevent it, so they have to stop her. They're like, oh no, we have to stop this mom from catching this flight. Like, this is what evil spirits are doing now. They're fucking with flights. (laughs) Well, Judd even alludes that a couple times, like, because he says, I'm afraid I killed your kid, Lewis, even though he didn't, but, like, that he showed him, and then everything, like, wants more and draws things a certain way. So they do kind of allude to that's going on, you know? Yeah, well, like, I wonder what happened to the family before them. Because uh, Judd had said, like, the house had been vacant for a really long time. So maybe that's just a cursed house just because it's so close to the Pet cemetery. Maybe. I took it as, like, the whole town. But maybe it's... Yeah. I thought, like, the house had been vacant a long time as it's your standard horror movie house. Well, it kind of feel, has, like, the uh, like the it 
town, like how there's yeah. just a cloud over the entire town. It almost had that same kind of feeling. Almost like it had the same writer or something. Yeah, and that writer was on a lot of cocaine in the 80s and wrote a fuck <laughs> exactly. ton of books. <laughs> yes. Um, and then her rental car, she breaks down. She gets a... No, she doesn't get a jump. She crashes, and then she gets picked up by a trucker, and the trucker finally takes her home. Yeah, this is where Pascal is like, you know, she's sitting at the rental car like desk, and she's like... Yeah, sorry, there's no more cars. And Pascal's like, what about the red one with the scratch? And there's like, there is a red one, but it has a scratch. It's like, it's so funny. He knows his things. Pascal in his life was apparently an avid traveler. Yeah, he knows his shit. He's like, I'm going to help this family out. Yes. And then, like I said, she hitchhikes, and that's when she makes it back home. But that's not linear, because as all this is going on, Lewis does the whole thing. He uh, takes Gage after getting him. He takes him back to the pet cemetery. We hear the loon again. Oh, what the fuck is this face thing, Brett? Oh, that comes out of the rock? Who is that supposed yeah. to be? I don't know. I don't think anyone. I don't. I did not recognize like who it was supposed to be. Like You would think it was supposed to be somebody that's been in the movie, but I don't recognize it. I rewound it. I don't think it was. It's just a face. Maybe it's just trying yeah. to scare him away. Or it's like the spirits of whatever's there. I don't know. Yeah, it's like the pumpkin head thing from Evil Dead 2. <laughs> yeah, I, I have no fucking idea, dude. <laughs> it's really confusing. But all that said and done, he does finally bury Gage and he goes back home. Yeah, and immediately like just flops down in bed. Which you can't blame. In the middle of the night... Gage comes back while he's sleeping and he goes over and takes the scalpel from his bag. By the way, uh, Judd fell asleep when he was sitting on his porch waiting to see Lewis. Oh yeah, he drank an entire six pack and smoked his entire pack of cigarettes. He's out. No, must be those damn spirits. No, it's you, Judd. No, they you're didn't an alcoholic. You yeah, have a problem. You, you passed out, dude. <laughs> I also, during this movie, this watch, I thought how, like, you saw what they had to go through, these two grown adult men, to get to this place. Imagine tiny little zombie Gage falling down each stone step. Because he's way too short to, like, climb down. He's probably just gonna, like, throw himself down, get back up, throw himself down the next ledge, get back up. Like, he's like, meh. <laughs> Who's to say he crawls out there where he's buried? What if he, like, bugs bunnies it back to the house? Oh, that would be so fucking funny. <laughs> Damn, this he isn't Albuquerque. He burrows his way back to the house. <laughs> oh, he just pops up through the floorboards with a carrot. Yeah, what's, what's up, up, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so he gets back, and like we said, Judd fell asleep. And Judd wakes up, but sees muddy footprints going into his house, and he hears the creepiest giggling in the world. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> but like way creepier than that. It's like a little tiny child doing it. Which once I don't again, know. That was pretty creepy. Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, <laughs> Gage is so good in this movie. Like such perfect casting as like a kid actor. Because the a bad like kid actor could ruin this movie, even with Fred Gwynn in there. <laughs> Yeah, it could have been bad. And then you hear the voice go, let's play hide and seek. He's like, oh, yeah, come out here. I, I got something for you here, uh, Gage. What, does he grab a gun or a knife? What does he have? I think he has some kind of, like, knife thing, I'm pretty sure. 
I don't remember what he, he arms himself with something, but he's going through, he's like, Gage, is that you? So he knows what's up right away. At least he's not, they're not making him be stupid. Like, who's here? He knows what it is. Yeah, then he goes inside the death bedroom that everyone seems to almost die in. Oh, yeah, and he gets in there, and Church is a bastard, because Church distracts him and scares him real bad, and right when he turns around and sees Church, Gage reads out, what's that called, like your tendon, or... Yeah, it's like the Achilles Achilles heel or whatever. Yeah, that tendon on the back. You're like, he, I hate that. Yeah. And that's been in a few movies, and that's cut. But he cuts that. Uh, then he, like, Judd falls down, Gage slashes his face, and bites out his throat. Yeah, that scene where he gets his, like, heel cut is, like, a scene that's stuck with me forever. Like, it just seems like it hurts so much more than, like... Just like if Jason like slashes you, you fall over, you die. For some reason, that just seems like it would hurt so much more. Oh yeah, I don't know why that always bothers me so bad. That's a one. That's like eyeball stuff to me. That one always gets me. Yeah. Wait until we do zombie. I know. We <laughs> talked about this yesterday. Oh yes. <laughs> Rachel arrives back home during all this, and. She doesn't hear Gage's voice. She hears Zelda's voice call from Judd's house. So, which leads me to believe something. And it never fully addresses this, but I'm pretty sure it leads you to believe it. And the book was the same way, so I can't even base it off either of them. The spirit that came back in Gage's body, I'm assuming, was Zelda. Oh, really? Is that how you took it, or is that just me? That's real. I like that idea. Because it makes perfect sense for her to be messing with Rachel and everything. So, like, it's not exactly just your spirit that comes back. Yeah, because Rachel opens up the death bedroom, like, uh, Judd's bedroom where he just died. And, like, sees Zelda in the corner. And then, like, she runs towards her. And then it cuts to gauges there. Holy shit, exactly. that's awesome. That's what I'm pretty sure is going on. And they both kind of allude to it, just in the ways I said, but never quite confirm it so i'm pretty sure that's what's going on correct me if i'm wrong listeners but that's i'm think is right but i love shit like that where like they leave a little bit for you to come up with yourself yeah that's how i took it and she goes up there and like you said and it's, it's creepy zelda but that turns into gauge and as i said earlier the most dapper form of gauge that there is I, i'm also sad i didn't get to do my rachel voice so i kind of get to do that real quick the Rachel voice or the Zelda voice? Well, the Zelda voice saying Rachel. Oh, okay, yes. Rachel! That, that's pretty much it is. It's like an evil bird. Yeah, because I used to work with a Rachel, and every time I needed her, without, like, fail, like, almost every single time, I'd be like, Rachel! Did she get it or no? No, she, I had to explain it to her, but my boss, Matt, got it. Because okay. <laughs> he would laugh every time. But yeah, so we see the top-hatted gauge, and... It's, oh, it's yeah. so obvious and creepy. I brought you something, Mommy. He just For, repeats that. I brought you something, Mommy. And he has a scalpel behind his back. Like you said, he looks so dapper. He has his little top hat on, and he has his cane. He's in his little, like, weird, like, baby suit. <laughs> Which, don't we see the painting or picture of him with that on earlier? Yeah, there's a top hat. There's a baby in a top hat in the, like, mom and dad's uh, house. Like, Rachel's mom and dad's. Yeah, so that must be Gage, I'm guessing. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, the whole, I brought you something, Mommy, and then kills Rachel. Uh, Lewis wakes up and sees his missing scalpel, and right then the father-in-law calls to make sure Rachel got back okay, and he puts two and two together. Yeah, once again. And, oh, also tells him that Ellie had a dream Rachel was dead. 
Yeah. Once again, he's like, yes, everything's fine. Rachel's here. She's asleep. And it's like, can you, like, wake her up? Ellie, like, wants to talk to her. Like, she's really scared. And he just hangs up on him. Yeah, and then the phone rings again. He answers all angry. I told you, but it's Gage, which is pretty fucking creepy. Which, could you imagine the sequel to this movie? Like, let's say, like, because I know there's a Pet Cemetery too, but let's say, like, another, like, how they did the Halloween thing, where, like, Ellie is now the only surviving family member. Like, spoilers, sorry, for the end of this movie. But, this, how-many-year-old movie. But, um... I haven't seen the ending, Brett. Oh, no. <laughs> but, yeah, do almost like a Doctor Sleep with this, where now Ellie is, like being chased by these weird demons that'd be cool that would be really cool oh i wonder if they could get stephen king to sign off or even write something like that that would be really fucking cool well he did the he did the sequel to the shining like like decades later so i could definitely see it yeah and that movie got made pretty quick after the book yeah it did uh, with the phone rings, it's Gage, and he says, "What well, I played with Judd, and I played with Mommy, and now I want to play with you. Yeah, but delivered in the most creepy way you can, like, imagine. So what, uh, Lewis arms himself with a syringe and takes a raw steak over. He's prepared. He's got, like, Batman-level preparation for this. Oh, yeah, this is Kevin McAllister in Home Alone. <laughs> yeah, and he gives Church a steak. Church is apprehensive, but finally goes to it, and when he does, he grabs church and puts stabs him with a syringe and kills him basically euthanizes him in the book they said it was morphine i don't know what it is here like just an overdose on that which this is a reason right there why liz will never watch this movie along with like lords of say oh fuck lords of chaos um because cats die in it and she adores cats anytime like a cat is in the tiniest bit of harm she'll be like nope and like be like turn the movie off but the cat comes back to life yeah, but it's evil. Well, I love that meme of the Stephen King, ex like the executive talking to Stephen King. Is like, this one's not about murder, is it? And he's like, no, no, no. This one's about fluffy animals. And they're like, oh. Then it's like, oh, yeah, then they die. Oh, that's sad. But then they come back to life. Oh, that's good. Then they murder. God damn it, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, but yeah, uh, Church dies again because he syringes Church. Then uh, we cut to the inside of Judd's house, and this seems weird. Do you quite get it? Well, yeah, it cuts back into um, Judd's house, and it's covered in, like, moss, and it's all, like, it looks like it's been run down for, like, a couple decades, basically. And uh, it almost seems like the spirits are, like, gaining power, maybe, and they're starting to fuck with him more and more. I almost thought they were going to do some bullshit thing, like, Judd was never real, this house was always abandoned bullshit. Oh, that'd be funny. Oh my! That oh, would, I'd be so fucking pissed. That that would kind of ruin it a little bit. Of like, I hate that would be go along with like, oh, it's all a dream. Very few movies can pull that stuff off. Like Fight Club, the way they did their thing, like that was really cool. But very few and far between do I like that stuff. Or like how like Slumber Party Massacre two, like the end of it's a dream, but the it, the movie's worth it because it was so good. Hello. <laughs> now, yeah, I'm not giving you any response to this. <laughs> I, I will not entertain such ideas. <laughs> but anyway, it has moss and stuff everywhere, but then it goes back to normal, and you hear Gage scared you, didn't I? He hears that from upstairs, right? Because he starts wandering upstairs, and he finds the shoe 
like Rachel Shue, and then like everything goes back to normal. Right. Yeah. Uh, then he finds dead Judd, and oh, then he backs out of that room, and like one of those like. Attics, what are they called? Like, where you have to pull the ceiling thing down, like that style of attic? Yeah, like the fold-down ladders. Yeah, opens up, and dead Rachel swings out being hung. Yeah, which is really creepy. And then you get Gage up there just laughing. Oh, it's fucking terrifying. You're just like, ah, daddy. He looks like Chucky. Like, <laughs> Yeah, which is funny, because in a minute, he's a doll. Yeah, for sure, where he flies down on, like, an obvious string. Yes. Like, for a second, because... Ed Wood twitched in this, like, grave because there's a string used on a film. He's just like, oh, there's a little bit of life. Oh, it, it's... This effect is bad. Because Gage jumps from the attic and attacks Lewis, and it's clearly a doll on a string. And then, and then Lewis throwing around a doll for a little bit, being attacked by it. Yeah, for, like, a few seconds until he, like... Does he throw him against a wall and then Gage starts coming towards him? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that goes on and... Oh, he starts cutting Lewis, too. Uh, they get separated. They kind of crawl at the syringes in the middle. Lewis gets it and gives him the shot in the neck. And it's kind of sad because evil Gage Zelda demon monster baby cries and goes, No fair. Walks away, stumbles over, and dies. It's uh, kind of sad. It's uh, it's so hard to not name that as like my favorite line of the movie and my favorite like the way it was delivered by this little child actor where he's like, no fear, no fear. And he has his like finger up to his cheek where he's doing that like cute little kid thing where he's like, tee hee, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, then he's just stumbles away and like just falls over like a tiny little drunk man. <laughs> He is like a little drunk man, and well, no, and he dies. I also love he before he dies. Like Lewis walks over to him, and Gage is still like he's sitting there like paralyzed, but he's still like, <laughs> like he's growling at him. <laughs> yeah, he's still like fuck you, dad. Uh, Lewis carries Rachel out, and he burns down the house. Where do you think he's taking Rachel? Shows him taking her to the burial ground later that night by the way no fire department ever comes for this house it's just I, burning on its own i i have always noticed that especially coming from a fire department family that no one ever calls the fire department and that house catches on fire so extremely fast where like before lewis is like even off the property there's like fire rolling out of every window the only thing I'm like, unless he like turned the gas on or something, I don't know. Yeah, yeah not just even lighting then, a match and throwing it. But the biggest thing, like you said, is there's no fire department that ever shows up. This town has no fire department, I guess. <laughs> or are they so secluded that like nobody? But even trucks go down the road all the time. Someone saw this house burning. Well, they just don't care. They're just like, I'm looking for animals to kill. Yeah, animals, children, throw something out in front of me. Yeah, it's like the teen. Well, to bring up Toxic Avenger again, it's the teenagers in the car from Toxic Avenger that he's just like carving like uh, check marks into his like uh, side of his truck door, being like, "Yeah, I got another <laughs> kid." There's five points. <laughs> um, undead Rachel comes back home and goes, "Darling," they make out, and then there's an off-camera stab. I say this is fair to count as a death. Oh yeah, he's obviously well, especially if you watch uh, Pet Cemetery Two, 
they mention that like, oh yeah, the entire family's dead. So oh yeah, that's one hundred percent a death. And you hear the scream and everything like that. And I love how like before, like he's like uh, he looks up, he's like Rachel, and it cuts to Denise Crosby, and her like eye is dripping out. Oh, it's she looks. She's really creepy looking. She's oozing. Like, and he's yeah. making out with her. And if you pay attention, she, they're making out, and the ooze is going between their mouths and their, like, lips. So they're making out inside of her oozing, like, brain eye socket thing. Yeah, it's it's really cool and disgusting. It's like, I love my wife so much, but I'm sorry, if you're oozing down through your mouth, I might not make out with you this second. Fair. Go take a shower. Let's get the dirt <laughs> off of you. Let's get yeah. you an eye patch. <laughs> and then we get credits set to Pet Cemetery by the Ramones, and I that's the movie. I don't want to be buried in a pet cemetery. I love that song. Oh, yeah. I remember that's so cool. Like, kicks in for this because right with that darling camera cut, stab, and scream, and then that bam, 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 bam like guitar riff. It's so, yeah. such like a cool transition it really is it's a cool cut like and i've like ever since i heard that song in elementary school when my uh elem uh i'm sorry middle school my middle school friend chris turned me on to this movie and the ramones like i've loved that song yeah it's it's a great one and so that's it uh should we get into our end of stuff is there anything you want to mention before we do um i mean i just got to say all around it's such a weird movie like it, like I said before, this feels kind of like, in a way, maximum a maximum overdrive, where you it feels like Stephen King wrote it. Yeah, it's, I don't know if I can say it's good. I love it. Right. It's really good, but there's lots of, like, inconsistencies and stuff like that, but I, I don't get mad at all watching it. It's really like, weird. Yeah. But yeah, where are we at with our end of uh, show stuff? <laughs> All right, so the Throbbing with Horror Count of the Dead, every week we tally up all the deaths in the movie and we add it up to our overall tally for all the movies we've watched. Last week we did Friday the 13th Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan, also our longest title we've ever had to type, and it left us with a Count of the Dead of 477. Where do you think Pet Cemetery left us, Brett? 477? Yeah, that's where we were. Um, uh, Six? You think six? I'm saying six. Nine. Nine. Wow. Yes. Nine. I'm not saying. Yeah, I'm not just saying no in German. Because um, <laughs> you forgot about the flashback people from oh, Judge yeah. Story that we saw die on screen. Right. Uh, the lady hanging herself. A few other things like that. Oh, yeah. The, the, the maid. Again, some that you wouldn't think of. Yeah. I forgot about Z- the maid laundry lady. Yeah. Zelda dying. Things yeah, like that. Yeah. True. Fuck. All right, now, well, Nine's great for this movie. There, It's a very creepy, weird movie. Yeah, it was fun. All right, well, Greg does his uh, Count of the Dead, ah, ah, ah. And I like to do my rating system, but like I've said, every single episode, I don't like to do stars because, A, Joe Bob does stars, and Joe Bob is sacred. And number two, Cisco and Ebert sometimes did stars, and fuck those people. Because they shit on Friday the 13th, and as of this recording, it's the fourth Saturday the 14th, so I could not be in more Friday the 13th mode than right now. So, fuck you guys, even if you're dead or whatever. I don't even know if you're alive. I don't care. Two thumbs way down. Oh yeah, fuck them. 
Um, I like to do something from the movie one through 10 and I don't come up with that thing until right this second because I like to improv for some reason. Okay. Um, what would be good in this movie to do? You got I'm some choices saying. in this one. There is. There, oh yeah, there's tons of choices. Um, I'm trying to think of something that'd be kind of funny. And now there's just, now now's the few seconds where there's dead air and I just stare off into space. I'm going to say rods. You're going to say what? Rods. Oh, rods. Rods. R- rods, we don't want to go down. You don't want to go down that road. Exactly. So one okay. rod <laughs> is like a shitty like cow path that like it's not even a rod. Like why are you on this cow path? It's shitty. Ten rods. It's like remember that time we were on that like 20 like lane uh highway like right outside new york city and i was like wow well, well, that amazing. Rod, but yeah no, i hated it but yes but that rod is amazing compared to a cowpath rod i'm gonna give it eight rods okay because i've always like i said before i've watched this movie at least once a year if not more usually since i was in like middle school and it's really weird and I enjoy it, but it always leaves you with questions, which I think certain kinds of movies should. Yeah, and th- that's fun to take for, especially a movie like this. It works really well. But I can't give it much more than an 8, because there's also scenes that remind me of Star Wars Episode 3. With the no, there's weird choices, like the face, what is that? Oh, three's one of my favorites, dude. I can't give you that, but okay. Yeah, but you got to admit that Darth Vader no is not good. Oh, it's bad. It's bad. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm with you, but I, I went a little lower. I did a six and a half. Okay, I'm going I forgot to say it. Yes. Uh, six and a half ruds. Um, I like it a lot. There's some parts that just tonally don't match up with the rest of it. They could have went... A, I, you know what this movie's tone could have been is that of Hereditary almost. Yeah. It uh, really could have got that real deep, like grieving horror like where the people are losing their minds with it too and they never quite got there and that's by no fault of its own if it wanted a different tone but at times they did do it if they would have stuck with one or the other i think would have been better but um and like just puppet gauge was a little bit odd <laughs> yeah um, but there was a lot of stuff i loved uh herman munster is a national treasure a bunch of other things that definitely brought it up. So yeah, I'd say six and a half roads. Yeah, Dr- uh, uh, Judd Crandall is like a horror icon. Like you say, you don't go down that road. Does like anybody? Like most people, they know what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, you want to know what we're doing next week? Yeah. What are we doing next week, Greg? Oh boy, this is gonna be a fun one, Brett. What? What? What, what is it? Next week is Spookies. Oh, Spoopies! Yay, Spoopies! The movie that was never meant to be because they had to combine like two and a half movies to make it. The movie with two directors and it's two movies super glued together and it's as good as it sounds. Yes. But yeah, that's going to be, no joke, this will be a fun episode, guys. Make sure you come back for that. If you want to watch it, it is available on Shudder right now. I think it's also on Tubi, but I'm not positive about that. Yeah, it's on Shutter Tubi, and it's all—I believe it's also on YouTube. Yeah, you can watch it anywhere. But it's there. It's a—it's a bad movie, but it has a lot of redeeming qualities, and it's a lot of fun to watch. Like, sit down, have your favorite sub- uh, substance of choice, and enjoy Spoopies. <laughs> 
we'll argue about these redeeming factors, but that'll be a topic for next week. Um, well, real quick, Greg, uh, we did something fun yesterday. Yeah, we did. Yesterday was a really fun day. Uh, me, Greg, and Maxwell from Geek Positive uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, went to Steel City Con in Pittsburgh, which was yeah. it's my, the first con I think I've been to since I've been married. Oh, it's been a while for you, huh? It's been a couple years for me, which was really weird, and I was wondering how I was going to handle it being around that many people. And I did really well, other than the fact that, like, my hip hurt, and I'm like, I'm an old man. <laughs> yeah, we were all pretty sore by the end of it. None of us are getting younger. I also love, like, I pointed out, like, there's this giant hill beside the convention center where years ago, like, we hiked up and down that hill. But years later, this time, we walked around the hill and went through the parking lot because we're all like, no, we're not doing that. Yeah, we're not getting any younger these days. Yeah. Uh, but it was a really fun time. Yeah, um, um, I got to meet a couple people. I believe you got to meet someone as well. Yeah, I got to meet Russ Striner, um, who was Johnny from Night of the Living Dead. Uh, he Which played... you heard at the beginning of this episode. Oh, yes. Uh, he was so funny, and he was great. I got to tell him my... Uh, night of the living dead a honeymoon story which he thought was like pretty cool like he laughed about it um yeah and he was overall just a nice guy he signed my picture uh they're coming to get you brett because i mentioned that's my favorite line yeah i i got to meet russ Streiner as well which i got him to record that fun little intro at the beginning if you guys enjoyed that and then uh james jude courtney michael myers from halloween and halloween kills it was really super cool dude and Brooke Thies, um, if you don't know, the bug girl from Nightmare on Elm Street 4, which is the most terrifying kill in the world to me. Yeah. I got to meet her and told her how she traumatized me as a child. That's some bad body horror. That, like, weird cockroach kill. Like, I'm not a huge oh, yeah. fan of Nightmare movies, but that kill I've always enjoyed because it creeped me the fuck out. Oh, it scared the fuck out of me as a kid. But yeah, I, we got to meet all of them. That was really cool. I had a really fun time at it. i saw robert england i saw robert yeah. england's line as well so i did not meet robert england you got to see robert england like see him with your eyes i never saw him like i kept <laughs> looking for him and trying to like just at least see the man like i got to see meatloaf with my own eyes which i thought was extremely cool because i like a lot of his music and i like the movies he's in yeah so, oh cool there's meatloaf he's still in his leather jacket he's still doing good then you look beside him and you're like, there's Tom Arnold. Why the fuck is he here? I felt bad for Tom Arnold. Yeah, no one was in his line. No one was in his line. There was some guy who played some like uncredited role in Friday the 13th Part 5 there. He had a line. Tom Arnold did not have a line the entire time. Yeah. But then after the con, which there was more stuff for the con. There was a lot of fun. I picked up some cool stuff. You got me a cool birthday gift. Thank you. Uh, then we went to the Living Dead Museum. Yeah, the Living Dead Museum was a, extremely fun. I could, like I told you there, I could have just gone between the Night of the Living Dead room and the Evil Dead 2 room back and forth and just stared at the props and been happy for hours. Dude, you know I was stoked about that Evil Dead 2 room. Where, like, even just walking into the Night of the Living Dead room, they only had a couple screen use props, and one of them were lights that were used for the movie but i still took a picture of them <laughs> well you know it's funny though because it's in the 
mall from Dawn of the Dead and everything, and I think they're the same lights that are used in the mall. Yeah, I, I mean, I would, I wouldn't uh, put it past them. Like that seems like it would definitely happen. Yeah, but uh, it was really cool. Uh, they had a bunch of other stuff too. Like they had stuff from Mind Hunter randomly. Yeah, which was <laughs> really cool. Which I enjoyed because I loved that series. When I saw that, I was really shocked. Like they had like like an airplane set and like a flag from the FBI and like a bunch of like news pool bulletin looking things. Yeah, it, it, they had a really cool like the zombie movie throughout the years timeline thing with yeah. like posters and all this stuff. Like whole way from like pre-dawn of the dead to i think what the most recent one they had was that army of the dead like spanning that far it was really cool to see like it was a really cool museum if you ever are in the pittsburgh area specifically monroeville one you'll get to see the mall where dawn of the dead was filmed and two they have that awesome museum in there which i love when we walked into like the zombie timeline room and there was the the zombie italian movie was like poster was up and you saw the figure you're like oh god no like like if i just see an eyeball being stabbed prop i'm out i'm just like yes like this is coming <laughs> one day yeah but that was a lot of fun so I, it was a, and it was a friday the 13th it was a perfect way to spend that day yeah, I had a really fun day there at Steel City Con, and I want to thank you, Greg of the Dead, for convincing me to leave my house and my podcast room to venture out into the mortal world and meet uh, Russ Striner. <laughs> yeah, anytime. We'll always I, do that. I love that there's a convention that, like, Robert England's there, Meatloaf is there, fucking Doug Bradley's there, um, Carl Weathers was there, Mick Foley, and I'm like, ooh! Russ Striner, he was Johnny in Night of the Living Dead. Bye, Greg. <laughs> well, in my defense, I met Russ Striner too, but that was at the end. Like, I'll go make sure I talk to Russ. And, but yeah, I wanted to meet uh, James Jude Courtney real bad because I love his Michael Myers. I cannot wait for Halloween Kills. Oh, me too. But I'd say that wraps us up for the day. What do you think, Brett? Yeah, that's all we have for now. Uh, make sure you guys follow us on all the socials. Please uh, subscribe to the show on whatever you're listening to us on and leave us a five-star review. Helps us out a ton. And that's all I got. Yeah, check out Geek Positive and uh, the Auto Anxiety Radio Show with Razor Rob. And, um, yeah, we hope that Pet Cemetery has left your brain throbbing with horror.